0: Our psalm this morning, in fact, if you will um, perhaps pull out your prayer book, it's page, I believe I said 516, and forgive me, I did not look up uh, the page number in the Pew Bible, but if you want to look in the Pew Bible, I preach from the New King James, which is the Pew Bible, but it's not going to hurt you to look at the one on page 513. And it's um, Psalm 138. So Psalm 138 starts with, I will praise you with my whole heart. The verb there is also translated as thanks and confess. St. Augustine, in his commentary on the psalm, suggests that most of us are used to confessing sins. At least, I hope we are. We probably want to get more used to it every day. Yet we also confess our belief in the creeds. We also, says St. Augustine, confess our praise and thanks to God. And such confession, he continues, in reference to the psalm, are we now going to hear of praise of God, of thanksgiving. So that verb, uh, as confess, means that giving forth of that praise and thanksgiving. The context of this confession, of this praising and giving of thanks to God Almighty, is the presence of the gods. Look at the text. And sometimes you might scratch your head and go, that's a little strange. There is some discussion regarding what the gods in this text refers to. It may mean literally in an idolatry in an idolatrous country in the very temples of false gods as so many Christian martyrs bore testimony to the faith. That could be the context and meaning. The Septuagint, Vulgate, Ethiopic, and Arabic translates it, however, as angels. Father Neil, in his commentary on the Psalms, suggests that these and other notions may well be united in the sense which the words bear for us, a promise to do homage to the Lord undismayed by the presence of earthly potentates who disregard him, to do this homage publicly in his temple when his ministers are celebrating divine service, as in today, and to do it remembering that the angelic hosts are joining us in that worship so that we men should be careful to let our attention devotion, love, and reverence be like theirs, be like the angels, that there be no dissonance instead of harmony in the united song of praise. Oh, I love that. He like wraps it all together and says yes to all of them. And Neil was ministering and teaching and preaching in a day That everyone was a Christian. But he's talking about our life now. Being a Christian is not a popular thing these days. It used to be that you were a Christian just to be a good businessman. You went to church often just to be a good businessman. I grew up in America. I'm a Christian. No longer. So we are doing homage to the Lord God Almighty in the presence of a world that doesn't, mostly. We're doing it in our hearts, is the idea, right? Throughout this whole service, as the divine liturgy moves forward. This confession of praise and thanksgiving that we are doing here today is to be done with the whole heart. Father Reardon has this comment on the heart. The confession of prayer is interior. Especially in this modern age of subjectivity, it would be easy to interpret this truth as implying that one's prayer is being made with real feeling. Indeed, one meets many individuals who spend most of their prayer time attempting to feel the right sorts of things so that prayer becomes an exercise in the cultivation of proper sentiments. Or worse, one meets those who have actually stopped praying because their hearts are no longer in it, so that they do not feel sincere. Alas, it is common these days to identify sincerity with emotional spontaneity. The word heart in the biblical and traditional vocabulary of prayer bears no such meaning. Close quote. Please don't forget that. We in America today, the word heart seems to be very well combined with Hallmark cards, particularly around uh, Valentine's Day. When we speak of prayer being from the heart, we mean that the prayer is coming from the very core of our being from the center of our will and the essence of our being, both physical and spiritual. This is where we are hoping that God will speak to us. This is where we are trying to be in order to listen. This is where we are trying to be, to understand, to to be in the center of our being in order to listen for God's voice. Reardon notes that truly it is with a view to finding our hearts that we make the great efforts that prayer itself demands of us. We want to find our heart and know it like we haven't before. Because then we can confess our sins more faithfully. We can listen for God's still small voice. We can know ourselves more truly. From the bottom of our hearts... From the core of our being, we attempt to know ourselves and then to know God and confess Him as the Almighty, worthy of the praise and thanksgiving that we then give. Augustine puts it this way. My whole heart I lay upon the altar of thy praise. whole burnt offering of praise I offer to thee, O God. I will confess to thee, O Lord, with my whole heart, for thou hast heards, heard the words of my mouth. What mouth saved my heart? For there there have we the voice which God hears, which ear of man knoweth not at all. Please do not hear me saying that our vocal cords are not important. Look at the church we're in. Look at what we do during the divine liturgy. Obviously, our mouths are apart. They're an extension. But it starts here. Your sin starts here. Your praise of God starts here. In the essence of our being is where we need to know God and then exclaim it, proclaim it, live it with our whole bodies, mouth, voice, etc. The last part of the psalm that we have time to deal with this morning is the direction of this prayer and praise and thanksgiving. Look at the text. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. St. Augustine, again, notes that God dwells with the angels in front of whom we confess our praises and thanksgivings to God. Therefore, he says... When our joy, being in spiritual things, not in earthly, taketh up a song to God to to sing before the angels, that very assembly of angels is the temple of God, we worship towards God's temple. There is a church below, there is a church above also. The church below and all the faithful, the church above and all the angels. But the God of angels came down to the church below and angels ministered to him on earth while he ministered to us. For I came not, saith he, to be ministered unto, but to minister. The Lord of angels died for man. Therefore I will worship toward thy holy temple. I mean not the temple made with hands, but that which thou hast made for thyself. In the Old Covenant, the people of God worshipped in Jerusalem. And the the Holy Temple of God was built with hands, but the presence of God was to dwell within it. Daniel, in exile in Babylon, opened his windows towards Jerusalem and knelt in prayer, facing the presence of God in the temple. In the New Covenant, when we worship with the angels, we are in the heavenlies, we ascend up the steps and all these steps are to remind us this whole figure is to remind us of the heavenly temple that we go to we are in the heavenlies with the angels worshipping toward the temple which is Christ himself our whole sanctuary is oriented in this way traditionally facing east don't ask me I don't know what the Roman Catholics are thinking lately but their new church is not built facing east either we should at least be facing that way. But So this is liturgical east for us and we treat it as east when we're doing liturgy. Why east historically? Churches are always built facing east for Christ will return like the rising sun. And with the altar of Christ and the cross of Christ at the front and the center, the focus of the whole sanctuary, we are focused on Jesus. Father Neil again says that As all the sacredness which encompassed the temple was due to the indwelling presence which made it, with its created exterior, made with hands, and uncreated inhabitant, the presence of God Almighty, a type or image of the incarnation. So the Old Testament temple was a typological reference, it was an image of Jesus coming to earth in bodily form it sort of prefigured that if you will because God almighty was present in the temple so the de- continue with neil so the deepest meaning of these words for us is adoration of the sacred humanity of our lord jesus christ in whom dwells all the fullness of godhead bodily which presence we adore in the most holy sacrament of the altar this morning We come to praise God with our whole hearts, in the presence of the angels, or put another way, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. We are oriented toward the God-man, the true Israel and the second Adam, the incarnate Lord Jesus Christ, whose incarnation and passion showed the world the truth of God's love and continually answers us when we cry out, and makes us bold with strength in our souls, particularly as we come to his presence and receive him in the form of bread and wine. Amen.